When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome once again to the Fantasy Favorites Podcast with Tony Squares and Chris Dell. Mr. Chris Dell is the sports editor at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the proud presenting partner of this podcast. We are a part of the North Shore Drive podcast family and on the YouTube channel at PG Sports now under the Post-Gazette's name. Go to that channel if you or, or go to the podcast channel if you want to find out all the news about your Steelers, about anything to do with Pittsburgh sports, professional or collegiate, and we're here here just two idiots trying to pound you and hit you over the head with fantasy knowledge to help you win your week and win your leagues. Dell has been doing this for years. He's the lead fantasy analyst at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and their sports editor. I myself am killing him in these weekly rankings of the players that we're giving out over and over again. Dell, I am bashing you over the head with my picks versus your. It's not a competition, Dell. It's not a competition, but I'm beating the crap out of you. I just want to put that out there. Now heading into week four, plenty of time to figure out and go forward. Plenty of time for you to get over the squares and turn into the sharp that we know you are. But are you a little worried that I'm, uh, I'm the fantasy expert on this show? Uh, I, I think I, I need to see some receipts, Tony. I'm not sure about all that. <laughs> You're the one that said the fade two in week one. That's all I remember. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I didn't say I don't know if that's my exact words. I think you put words in my mouth, but I will say – We've been doing well with some positions. Again, we got the number one picker of kickers. I'm doing really well at some positions. Let's go in. Let's dive right in. We'll be breaking down position by position this week and have some fun little uh, little lists in between each position to keep us alive here. But let's dive right into the QB section, my man. We got games in, uh, in, in London. We got games on Thursday, games on Monday. This is the last week we'll have in a while where there are no bye week teams. So it's the whole cavalcade of players that we'll be attacking right now. Let's start off with quarterbacks, Dale who's QB number one for you? And I have to say, if you're listening to us, you might not want to listen to Dell giving our quarterbacks, but I'll talk about that later. Dell, who's your first QB we're talking about? Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring up just one game. I want to target. It's going to be the giants against the Seahawks. I think that's going to be a, a very sneaky shootout on the schedule here for week four. I like both quarterbacks. I like Daniel Jones. I like Geno Smith. I actually really like, Daniel Jones a lot. We've seen him when he plays, uh, you know, semi-soft type of defense. He thrives. He had 30-plus points just a week ago. Yes, he's had two terrible games sandwiched around that game, but the upside is there. The ceiling is there. The legs are there. We saw Wondell Robinson come back last week, just have like a handful of snaps. He got targeted on like six of the nine routes that he was out there on the field for. They desperately need that type of young, explosive playmaker on the field. So I, yeah. I expect that Brian Dayball to drop a good game plan here. I expect a lot of points. Now, maybe there's some turnovers throw, thrown in, but Daniel Jones is going to throw a ton. He's going to run a ton. So I've got him ranked as my quarterback nine of the week. I've got Geno Smith ranked one spot behind him. Seahawks are really coming into their own offensively these last couple of weeks as well. And the Giants still impose any type of threat. So I'm going to throw a little double doozy at you. I really love Daniel Jones or Geno Smith. I think they're both top 10 locked in quarterbacks this week. 
Well, I'm I'm very angry already, Dale, because you stole Danny Dimes from my grasps. Usually, I don't like to take the player that you've given out with trying to be on the, you know, at least give multiple options to the listeners and the viewers. And Danny Dimes was the one I wanted to buy so bad because I'm right there with you against the Seattle defense. Every quarterback that has gone up against Seattle has thrown for over 300 yards. I know Danny Dimes is not having a great start to the season, but I do think this is a get-right game for them. They have a couple extra days rest heading into this game. I think they're going to have... Uh, it's, it's Brian Dayball is going to earn his paycheck this game, and I think Danny Dimes is going to be uh, uh, going to get a lot more more passing plays and more yardage because of that fact. But you took Danny Dimes, so I'll let you have him. You also have Gino. I'm going to give you a guy that I am fading, that I am selling, and I hate this because I told you on this podcast that I think I, I thought that this man could end up as the QB one, and he hasn't done so well so far. There's something wrong in Jacksonville, and it's Trevor Lawrence. They're going to London, their second home. They're going to their second home. They know how to do this. The first of a back-to-back in London. First time any team's ever done that. And Trevor Lawrence is playing the Atlanta Falcons, who, if you guys remember, uh, we know this team is a bad defense. Like We remember this team being bottom 30. You can pass all over Atlanta. That is not the case this year. They have brought in a bunch of defensive free agents, and some have worked out, some have not. But overall, it's been very tough to pass on Atlanta. They give up the fourth least passing yards. They give up the fourth worst completion percentage against them, the sixth worst yards per attempt against them. All the stats are backing up that it's tough to pass on Atlanta. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They don't sack the quarterback a lot. They do well getting pressure, but it's not. Ex- it's more of a stay back and you can't beat us deep. You have to play everything in front of us. And Trevor... His, his wide receivers are dropping the ball at a league-leading rate. He's not exactly moving the ball the way he should. The tight end's playing really well and should have another good game against this defense. I just don't think Trevor gets right in this game. I'd be selling him, and I'd be trying to find someone else to start. So I'm out on Trevor Lawrence this weekend, and it hurts me. It hurts me deep. Dell, you gave us two quarterbacks already, Danny Dimes and Geno Smith. You also have the sleeper of the week at the quarterback position. So last, I will say... Your blank of the week, it's hit or miss, man. Last week at the quarterback position, you gave us the bust of the week, and it was Jordan Love. He finished as the QB6. Now, through the first three quarters, you were 100% correct. But that last quarter killed everyone who was fading Jordan Love. But the sleeper of the week this week is your quarterback. Who is it? Yeah, I'm going to go back to – I'm surprised he's a sleeper because he's been playing extremely well. He had a really good game last week. Big upset win over the team you just talked about, the Jaguars. And that's Texas quarterback, C.J. Stroud. You brought him up last week as well. And look, I expect the Steelers pass rush to get after Stroud in this game. But I expect the Texans to keep slinging the ball. And and C.J. Stroud, you know, in the first two weeks of the season, he had 90-plus pass attempts. We saw that number trick down just a little bit in week three. But that's because the Texans were holding a double-digit lead there in the second half. The rookie Tank Dell has come on. He was the top, uh, top receiver to add in my uh, waiver wire fantasy fallout column on, yep. on post-gazette.com. So make sure to check that out if you haven't run your waivers yet in your league or if you're looking to stash some guys later on. But, you know, I, I expect more of the same. This this offense has put the keys in C.J. Stroud's hands. He has no turnovers. He's playing extremely efficient, throwing an accurate ball. He's got Nico Collins, who wasn't even really involved in week three. Robert Woods, the steady veteran there. And Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary have both been mixing in in the passing game out of the backfield. So, again, the Steelers have a very good pass rush, but their secondary, their cornerbacks have shown uh, the ability to be beaten. I mean, look at the volume that Jimmy Garoppolo put up last week with throwing to Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. You can put up a lot of fantasy points and a lot of volume on this Steelers defense. So, to me, C.J. Stroud, uh, consensus has him ranked 21st. I've got him around 16, 17 
right around the likes of Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. I think yep. that if you've got C.J. Stroud, if you added him on waivers last week, you can ride him out the rest of the year, sell the guy. you. If you drafted an early quarterback, I'd be comfortable trading my early quarterback, getting a starting running back, tight mm-hmm. end, or receiver in return, and mm-hmm. riding it out the rest of the year with C.J. Stroud. That's the type of added value he can bring to your roster, not just this week, but for the rest of the season. I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard the C.J. Stroud hype train. I gave him last week as my sleeper of the week. He finished QB 12, according to Fantasy Pros. I mean, I am all aboard the C.J. Stroud train. If you've been listening to this podcast, you were early on that train as well. Uh, My second quarterback, again, you took Danny Dimes, so I will go. I've hit this two weeks in a row, my sleeper quarterback of the week. But there's a caveat here because – We heard news before we were recording. We heard news that Bryce Young might be back. He's practicing again for Carolina, and Andy Dalton won't be the starter. It'll be Bryce Young. But if Andy Dalton is the starter, they're playing a Minnesota Vikings team that we know is trash on the defensive side. But watching that game that Minnesota had against Los Angeles, I was trying to find out exactly why they were trash on the defensive side because they have a couple of players there. They should be better. And I was astonished because every single play that I saw, it seemingly they were blitzing Justin Herbert with multiple people, blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. And Justin Herbert was dicing him up left and right because Justin Herbert's an excellent quarterback, whether you blitz him or not. And still, Minnesota didn't change gears. They didn't drop people back. They were continuously, even on run plays, sending an extra man. So I looked it up. Now we're getting three weeks in depth. We're getting a sample size of how these teams like to operate, so we get to see what their mindsets are. And I looked up the blitz rates for all teams in the NFL, and I was astonished, Dell. Minnesota not only leads the league, they blitz almost two-thirds of the passing plays. 63% of the time they're sending a blitz. That's 10% more than the second team, New York Giants, who is Wink Martindale, the grandfather of blitzing, Wink Martindale. And they're blitzing 10% more than them. In fact, Minnesota all the way, if you go from Minnesota 63% to the team that's in the uh, top five, fifth percent, Cincinnati, it's almost double the team that's the fifth heaviest blitz team. And you think, okay, they're sending a million people. It's got to be working, right? They're bottom five in pressure percentage. They're bottom three in QB knockdowns. They are sending an extra guy and not getting there in time. I bring all that up to say not only is Minnesota bad, but Andy Dalton, for what he is, he's a veteran quarterback. You know what you're getting out of Andy Dalton. And if you look at last year in New Orleans at the advanced stats, Andy Dalton was the ninth best quarterback in the league when facing the blitz. He was the 10th best quarterback in the league when getting rid of the ball 2.5 seconds or less per attempt. And that's what you do against the blitz. You get rid of it fast. Andy Dalton knows how to dissect the blitz and get it to the guy who's open in the flat and just get you can't go broke getting a profit. That's Andy Dalton's bread and butter. So if Andy Dalton plays his Minnesota team and if he is the star, starter in Carolina I I'm telling you this you will start Andy Dalton this week and be happier for it and I know you'll get laughed out of the league everyone will be like who is Tony starting starting Andy Dalton this week yeah because he's going to destroy this Minnesota team by dinking and dunking over the stupid blitz rate that they have now if this is Bryce Young Bryce Young was the third worst quarterback against the Blitz in the first two games he played. He was also the worst quarterback, according to PFF, in the league period when he was held under uh, with no pressure. So Bryce Young might struggle. But if it's Andy Dalton, that's a big fantasy win for me. Daily fantasy player, I mean, a huge fantasy win for me. That's my sleeper of the week. I hope the Red Rifle plays. Del. It's, it's the it's the uh, the time to throw uh, was was a significant difference between Andy Dalton last week yeah. for what Bryce Young did in the first two weeks. So, And it's the Brian Flores blitzing effect with the new defensive coordinator in Minnesota. So I agree it's with you. It's an unreal amount. It's an unreal amount. 
I think you you bring up a good point because there's implications across the rest of the positions, right? Like if, if, if Bryce Young does play, then you might be interested in streaming the Vikings defense. You know, you might be interested yeah. in playing a Miles Sanders. I have him ranked pretty high as well. I think the pass catchers get a huge bump if Andy Dalton plays too. So I, I like your thinking on that one. And even on the, the, the one before, uh, one thing about the Trevor Lawrence effect, which I have him a couple spots lower too, is that when you play the Falcons, you're talking about a game that's going to have a significant reduced amount of snaps and yeah. plays run because they run the ball. Uh, their neutral run rate is at the highest in the league right now. So yeah. unless they're forced into throw, they're going to run. That means the clock's going to run. That means the clock's going to be drained, and you're not going to be able to get off those pass attempts and get those fantasy points that you would in a normal week. So I, I'm with you on the thinking. It seems like we're in pretty good alignment there with, with, with all the ones we talked about overall. I have a question for you because Andy Dalton, I, I was struggling with where to rank him because I am bullish on the matchup, but you start to think like, okay, you get into that teens range. Like, would you start Andy Dalton over guys like Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy, Deshaun Watson, Kenny Pickett, Dak Prescott, because that's the range that if you're streaking yep. a quarterback, you're going to have to choose from. I think he is viable right in that same range. I don't know if I'm super strong in him over those guys. Right now I've got him at quarterback 22, right? Well, one spot behind your boy Jordan Love. But if first came to sub, <laughs> I might start Andy Dalton over Jordan Love this week and just skip the Thursday night game. I, it, yeah, I, I love Jordan Love. Don't get me wrong. Andy Dalton, I understand you don't know who you're going to start. Russell Wilson, all those you're in the streamer zone. It all depends on matchup to me. I think this is one of the best matchups with what a quarterback likes to do versus what the defense likes to do. And you're absolutely right with the pass catchers there. Adam Thielen went for a billion yards. Adam Thielen's 72 years old, okay? And he went for a billion yards with Andy Dalton throwing him the ball. I will say... Andy Dalton against a good defense, I mean, a, a good fantasy defense, meaning you want your quarterback against the Seattle Seahawks, was QB7, according to Fantasy Pro. So in my opinion, of all the names you listed, the Kenny Pickett's of the world, depending on matchup, I'm looking at Andy Dalton over all of them. I really am. And I, you're going to be laughed out the room when you're starting Andy Dalton, but it will work out for you. Uh, that's enough talk about the quarterback position. Bryce Young's going to start anyway, so all that conversation is a moot point. But I got another little uh, special list for you, Dell. The people like these lists that we gave out last week. I got one for you this week because, as I said, it is now week four. We're getting a sample size. We're getting people where they rank. I mean, Raheem Mostert's still the RB1 thanks to a 72-yard. I mean, they scored 70 points. That you got to get little highs and lows. But we're starting to get a sense of who these players are and where they rank. So, Dell, I want to ask you as a fantasy expert, we know if someone is at a positional rank right now, like they're the QB seven on the year. I want you to tell me whether this is going, whether they're going to land higher or lower than where that number is. If someone is at a position right now on the positional ranks at the end of the year, are they going to be higher than that number or lower than that number? Or maybe you'll say they're right in line with it. Yeah. And the first one I'm going to give you is the Miami Dolphins quarterback himself, Tua. Right now, he's the QB three. Cool. You think he ends up higher or lower by the end of the year? Lower, but just a little lower. Just a little. You think he's a top five guy? Uh, I, I would put him between five to ten. Oh, that's lower. That's not a little lower. That's he's lower. That goes starter. from like the best starter in fantasy to like a fringe I'm, starter. I'm still taking the running quarterbacks over him. Yep. Give me Lamar, Jalen, Josh Allen, all those Well, guys. speaking of running quarterbacks, uh, Justin Fields, QB 19, higher or lower? I mean, he's got to finish higher. Jesus. <laughs> can it get worse? I, I said the same thing last week, and it did get worse. Uh, I guess it could get worse, but uh, so that's I mean, a top fifteen I, quarterback still to you. I, mean, I, I, I don't. I don't understand why they're not letting him run, or maybe he's just too incompetent to run the ball himself. I don't know what's going on there. No, I'd say higher. 
This next running back surprised me. And again, when you say higher, you're going, he's QB 19, he's going to finish QB 15 or up. Like, that's what higher means to people who are slightly confused. Uh, this running back here, though, we talked about this ad nauseum. We were on the opposite side of who the running back was going to be for this team, and none of us predicted what's happening here. Brian Robinson's your RB5. Do you think he ends up lands as a top five running back at the end of the year, or do you think he's fallen out of this? this oh, he's, going, he's going way lower. He's falling outside of the top 15. Oh, well, falling outside of the top 15. So, again, we're looking at trade targets here. You might want to sell high on some of these guys or buy low. A guy who's just made the top 15 right now, Travis Etienne's your RB13. Do you think this stays here? I mean, he's getting the volume. He's getting the volume, but he's uh, he's not getting the goal line touches. I think he stays right around that range. I've got him ranked uh, RB12 this week, and I think that's about right for him. Got you. Uh, this one's just to make the fans laugh. Najee Harris, your RB44. Dell, does he wow. land in the top 40s for running backs by the end of the year, or does he go even lower? I, I thought I thought I was low on Najee. I guess not anymore, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I got him like I, – I would peg him for like that RB36, RB3 range. Basically. Oh, my goodness. All right, now I, the wide receivers. Uh, this man is a top five wide receiver. I, in my opinion, a bona fide Hall of Famer for the longevity and what he's done over the past few seasons. He is just consistently awesome. And this year he's having one of his best statistical years already with Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball. Mike Evans is your wide receiver five. Does he land as a top five, top 10 running back or does he fall back to earth? Uh, top five wide gonna, receiver, not running back. Yeah, he's going to fall back to earth, but he's still going to be great. I, I I put him in like the wide receiver 10 to 15, 20 okay. at the worst. But not he's not finishing top five. You got too many elite guys up there. Uh, speaking of a guy that we all thought was elite, this guy was a, definitely a top two uh, second round pick at worst in your leagues. And right now he's the wide receiver 28. It's CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. He's got it. I mean, of course, he's going to finish higher than that. The question is, how high does he finish? I mean, mm. but you're starting to look at guys like you'd rather have Keenan Allen over CeeDee Lamb, and that's without question. Well, right what, now. So, would you trade CeeDee Lamb for Mike Evans? I wouldn't trade away CeeDee Lamb for Mike Evans. I couldn't do that. No. Uh, this the, guy, the, you the Cowboys offense has to get a little better. I mean, I don't know what happened in week three, but we saw the week before CeeDee Lamb went off. So I, I expect, yeah. you know, more of that. Uh, this guy wide receiver has fallen off the face of the earth because his team just doesn't want to pass the ball. But again, you probably drafted him high expecting a big year out of his second year in the league. Drake London is your wide receiver 58 Dell. Oh I mean, 58. look, like, yeah, like you don't, you have no confidence in starting him right now. I think he'll yep. finish above 58, but does that even matter? <laughs> good point uh this this tight end two more we got two tight ends this tight end is having another great year after a career year the year before it's in that offense that seems to be struggling but he is a consistent factor and again this position tight end doesn't really matter you just want guys who are going to be consistent evan ingram is your te6 uh i mean does he finish as a top five tight end i mean he, he he can i mean what's the competition for him when you talk about exactly Kelsey, Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, those are the four. Then you've yep. got Waller and Laporta, and, and then it's Ingram. So I I don't think he finishes top five, but, I mean, he could. It's it's not going to be that difficult, I guess. You, you just mentioned the last tight end we're talking about because this man's a TE12, and you just mentioned him as one of your top five guys, Darren Waller. Does he end up as a top ten tight end, or is this new New yeah. York offense just defunct? 
tight top, top 10. Yes. Because the, once you get past the top six or seven, I mean, there's, you know, we're talking about some scrubs out there. So, okay. All right. That's it for your high or lower candidates. Might want to focus on a few of those guys. Sell high. If you want to, let's move on to the running backs. Dell. Neither of us did pretty well on running backs last year. You did say sell AJ Dillon and he was RB 57. I told you to sell Jerome Ford. He ended up RB seven, but listen, I was right on Jerome Ford. Okay. Two touchdowns is the only reason Jerome Ford, he had like what? 10 rushes for 18 yards for that Cleveland team. I was right on that one to sell him. I got, yeah, no I, no, I just want to say yes, because I feel the same way about Jordan Lovett. And this is what I want to get across to some f- fantasy managers real quick. Is that <laughs> you can have a guy, you can bench a guy and he can outscore the guy you started him over. And it doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. It's a process. <laughs> it, it, these are process plays long-term. Y- yeah. Because Jerome Ford scored a re- receiving touchdown. Jordan Love got a rushing touchdown in yep. the last four minutes. You look at the numbers overall, Jordan Love's completion percentage was terrible. Jerome Ford was completely inefficient on the ground. So I don't think it was the wrong call fading, quote unquote, Ford, bumping him down your rankings and same with Love. So those are the decisions I'm okay with at the end of the day. Now, look, if you're going to fade Kirk Cousins because you think he's not going to keep it up and he keeps going out there and throwing 45 plus times, then you can say, hey, look, I got that one wrong. But I I just want to clarify that where I'm okay getting some of those things wrong in certain matchups from week to week. All right, let's dive into the running back position. Again, Dell, who's the running back that you first want to land on, whether it's a buy or a sell? I will yeah, say you yeah. did give out uh, our boy James Cook. He ended up RB18, so that was a solid one by you last week as well. He can't get in the end zone, though. Sorry. I know, I know. He, had a, he, had, he, he delivered a baby last week, and they still couldn't get him into the end zone, man. Come on, what are they doing over there in Buffalo? But. I mean, look, this is a guy that I've got him on one of my main teams, on my dynasty team. I don't like him. He doesn't excite me at all. But, man, you look at this matchup, and you brought it up with the quarterbacks, but Miles Sanders, man. Like, this guy was lining up out wide at wide receiver. He's playing a ridiculous amount of targets. And then you look at the matchup. You look at the point total, close to 50 in this game. I expect a lot of points, a lot of offense. Last week, he had nine targets. So he's had now 20 targets through three games. And that was the thing that we were wondering about Miles Sanders is, is he actually going to get the targets? Did, did you know, I, mean, it's, I, I was shocked to see this because I know guys like Kyrie Williams, B. John Robinson, they're getting a ton of targets. Miles Sanders leads the NFL in running back targets. I mean, that that's absolutely insane. That's coming yeah. off the nine target game from week three. So look, I, I think he'll be much more efficient than nine carries for 24 yards that he had last week. Look at what Shuba Hubbard, the backup running back, he, he had two total touches in that yep. game. So I expect Sanders is the workhorse in this offense. He's playing with his old RV coach there in, uh, in Deuce Staley. So I expect full systems go. He's eventually going to score too. So you're talking about a buy low might not be the sexiest name out there, but I think that's a buy low. And I've got Miles Sanders right now. Uh, I, I was kind of like hesitant to put him this high, but I don't know who I can bump ahead of him. I've got him as RB seven this week. Consensus has him as RB 16. Uh, this is a guy that you've been high on uh, a lot, and I, I sort of played the wait-and-see approach, and I've lost out if you're playing the wait-and-see approach. I do think that the 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 great year continues for DeAndre Swift this week against Washington. I, I mean, Philly, that offensive line is unreal, and James Cook, as we talked about, had a great week for Buffalo last week against this Washington team, and it's also part of the game script. Washington came out. They won their first two games. Everyone thought this could be a contender. They're not, man. I think they're one of the worst teams in the league. I think Philly goes up big on this team and runs the ball out, and I think DeAndre Swift, 
the holes he's running through, they, they talked about it during the telecast. Like you could drive a truck through him, man. It's, and he's so fast still. And he, he does make the right cut. He does see the field very well that he's getting five yards before he's touched. I really like DeAndre Swift this year. I think it continues. And I think they lean on him after leaning on Hertz and trying to save Hertz's body a little bit. I think they give it to DeAndre a lot. I'm putting Swift before Dell could take him. Dell, who's your second running back? Can, can we get DeAndre Swift in the end zone, Tony? I mean, <laughs> stop with this push play stuff. Let, let the guy, eat a little bit you see the meme out there from talladega nice with ricky bobby saying can you let me finish first one's time that's what deandre swift is saying to jalen hurts but he looks fantastic i was completely wrong on him in week one but we yep. see the talent this is why i've been such a big fan of swift and what i wonder now is like why you see jameer gibbs struggling a little bit in his rookie year and the same type of struggles in detroit that swift had there why did they just get rid of swift like that i'll never know i guess nope. but uh, I got a fade at running back, and it's against oh. my it's against my Cincinnati Bungles right now. My one and two Bungles going to Tennessee. Derrick Henry, man, he's just he's just not he's oh. not he's not it right now, Tony. You're out on Henry. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on Derrick Henry this week. Uh, even uh, in week two, in what was the best possible ever dream type of matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers, he averaged three point two yards per carry. 25 carries for 80 yards. That's not the Derrick Henry we know. There's reports about him struggling right now with a toe injury. Let's yep. not forget, he's almost 30 years old, man. This guy's got more workload uh, in terms of, like, his wheels overall, man. Like, those things are getting rusty. So, And and we see the rookie Tajay Spears earlier, earlier in these games. Like, yes, he's yep. not, like, he's not forcing, like, a 50-50 committee, but he's playing way more than other backup running backs in Tennessee have in the past and, and this this Cincinnati Bengals defense they showed up uh, uh last week on Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams they were very effective not just pressuring Matthew Stafford but also getting at Kyron Williams in the running back game so I expect Derrick Henry look I, I, I believe he's 52nd out of 53 qualifying running backs in yards per carry in terms of efficiency the, the Titans just need more explosive plays overall and the Bengals know what they need to do they're going to get after Tannehill they're going to look to stop Henry so Unless he's just going to get a couple of lucky goal line uh, carries at the one, I You're think right. he's going to struggle, and and that's why I'm lower on him in the consensus. I've got him as RB20. Consensus has him as RB7, so I'm 13 spots lower on Henry wow. than before. Well, Dell, when you started talking about that game, I thought you were going to steal my guy because I am also fading a running back in the Tennessee-Cincinnati game, and it's your boy Joe Mixon. Listen, Tennessee's defense has been – as unbalanced as one can be. They let up passing play over and over again, but against the run, teams can't do it. Teams cannot run the ball on uh, Tennessee at all. Jamal, uh, um, New Orleans, Jamal Williams, 18 rushes for 45 yards in game one. Joshua Kelly had 13 rushes for 39 yards in game two for the Chargers. And then as we talked about Jerome Ford and uh, Cleveland, 10 rushes for 18 yards. Yes, Joe Mixon is going to be the first real starter that uh, Tennessee has seen from the running back position. All those other three guys were the backup. But Joe Mixon's not doing it for me. 19 yards for 60 rushing yards last week uh, against a team that you should have been able to run on. I think Tennessee defense is just so stout against the run. I think they're so bad against the pass. I know Joe Burrow is dealing with his uh, calf injury, the lack of mobility, but this is a get-right game for him. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase should get back to what they're used to doing fantasy-wise. And I'm selling Joe Mixon again. Might get a short touchdown here, but I'm, I'm telling you he's not going to be his normal producing self. I think I'm out on him completely. So Joe Mixon, fading that game. You're fading Henry. Nobody's running the ball in that game, according to us. But, Dell, you have another bust. You have another sell because we have the bust of the week, and it's coming from the running back position. Who is it? 
Yeah, so I, I want to kind of preface this by saying that it, you know, you want to sell this guy, but you also potentially want to just bench him overall. Uh, he's getting the work. I think that if he has a good game, I, I might look to get out while I can, even though the usage technically looks really good. Uh, but it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Rashad White. I, I just don't oh. think I want any part of that running back offense right now. We saw even dating back to last year, it was Tom Brady under center. They had Leonard Fournette. They just could not run the ball. Offensive line issues, scheme issues, whatever you want to call it. Rashad White, he profiles as more of a pass-catching running back, but it mm. doesn't seem like Baker Mayfield's been been one to really check down the running backs all too much either through the first couple of weeks. So I don't know. I, it's Rashad White's a guy, you know, if you got him, you can start him. But I, I just don't like the upside there, so I'd be more than willing to package him in the trade. Again, if he scores, he goes out and scores two touchdowns but still has 15 carries for 40 yards, That that's when I might look to sell highs based off a touchdown or two. So yep. he's one guy. I've got him on one of my teams. His projection number looks good every single week, but uh, I'm not excited to start him. I don't really think there's a ceiling there. And we saw the game against Chicago. That's as good as a matchup as you're going to get. So mm. he's a guy I'm, I'm hoping to sell in the near future. And I've got him seven spots lower uh, than consensus this week right now at RB 34 overall. Man, I, I, I personally, uh, I, you know, I want Rashad White to do well for him and his family, but I do have uh, my boy, the Syracuse backup, Sean Tucker on my bench in a very deep fantasy league. I wouldn't mind Sean Tucker taking over that job, but let's, before we move on to wide receivers, uh, this is a segment I'm very happy we did last week. We're bringing it back right now. It's our Mary Pluck Kill. Again, you know how this game works, and we're talking from a fantasy perspective. I'm going to give Dell. I'm going to give you three names right now. These are three rookies, okay, at different positions that have all exceeded anyone's wildest expectations of them. Okay, and this might be the time where you might have one of these guys on your bench. You drafted them. You got lucky to get them in free agency. And now you're sitting there going like, oh, man, is this the real deal? Can I really believe in this dude? Should I trade him now? Should I go try and buy him now? Maybe you're trying to trade a name like Derrick Henry for one of these guys because this is the time to do so before people get set in stone. So these three rookies, all three different positions, Dell. I need you to marry one. Say you're going to, this is the one I'm keeping on my team forever. They are a starter for me. I want you to pluck one out of obscurity and say, you know what? I'm still dancing with this one for a few weeks. And then I want you to kill one. Say, this is a mirage. I'm out altogether again. Three rookies all at the top of their field right now. The three names are Kyron Williams of the Los Angeles Rams. He is currently the RB6. Tank Dell of the Houston uh, uh, Texans. He is currently wide receiver seven. And the last one is tight end Sam Laporta of the Detroit Lions, your TE2, the second TE overall. Obviously, tight end is a position that kind of gets thrown aside, but he's doing so well that you need to throw him in here. And I know Kyron Williams isn't a rookie, but this is the first season he really matters. So Kyron, Tank Dell, Sam Laporta, Mary Pluck, Kill Dell. Oh, man, that's tough, Tony. You're putting yep. me in a bad spot. I don't want to I don't want yep. to kill him, but if I have to, uh, well, first of all, uh, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to marry Kyron Williams, right? Like, Really? Yeah, because the usage is just insane. 55 snaps, zero for any other running back. Wait, when, when Sean McVay uh, commits to a running back, you know, if he wants to marry Kyron, then I'm going to marry Kyron, too. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make that a whole thing there. So I, I got to say – him and then I, I can't go against my brother Tank Dell, you know, <laughs> brothers from another mother, whatever you want to call it. Chris Dell, Tank Dell. I, I wish that we were related. Let's just put it that way. Tank <laughs> Dell, I'm gonna pluck because you know the Texans offense. Maybe we're not 100% sold on them right now. I mean, he can't keep up this pace that he's on right now, but he, he definitely can continue pace. 
the pace he's on. I think he's locked into that two spot. And we talked about whether it was going to be him or Robert Woods last week. So I'm going to pluck Tank Dell, my boy. And then, oh, I'm going to have to kill Sam Laporta. How about let's say – it's the sell, wrong answer, Dell. It's sell, the wrong answer. Sam Laporta, you could probably get a decent haul in return. So Absolutely. I don't want to kill any of these guys, but that that's my, my way of justifying the Sam Laporta kill right there. To me, I'm I'm projecting into the future here a little bit. We've seen what these guys can do for three games. And if I was to answer this question, I am uh, 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 marrying Tank Dell because, again, C.J. Stroud got this guy drafted to the team. And this commu- this chemistry is clearly working. I think Houston's going to be a big passing offense. And we've seen Stroud be able to do what he loves, throwing it to Dell. I'm marrying that team. I think it continues. Laporta, I'm, I'm plucking because, again, tight end position is a tough one. If you can get a top two, top three tight end, and Laporta could definitely land there. I know rookie tight ends have this whole, you know, uh, bad juju about them, but this is a, one of the best passing offenses in the NFL. And Laporta is turning into the wide receiver two in this offense. I really like Laporta at this position. And I'm killing Kyron Williams because I know the volume is there, Dell, but I just don't believe these Rams are going to be able to sustain what the sustain what they've been doing offensively. They're already having injuries at the uh, offensive line position. Matthew Stafford could not stand on his own two feet on any passing play last week. It's going to get tougher and tougher for Kyron Williams to have good opportunities he will have opportunity the good opportunities however the goal line opportunities might get worse and worse as his offense gets worse and worse due to injuries it's not a deep team so i'm projecting a little bit i'd sell kyron williams as high as i could right now probably get a really good player out of it and bite the bullet if i'm wrong that's the way i'd attack it we're moving on to the wide receiver position dell your first wide receiver of the week last week we did uh if i can remember uh, correctly we did pretty dang well you especially, Dell. You told me to buy Amari Cooper. He finishes the wide receiver 10. You told me your stash of the week was Tank Dell. He finishes the wide receiver 7. And Garrett Wilson, you were selling. You were fading. You finished wide receiver 48. You killed it when it came to wide receivers. Myself, I told you to get rid of any Green Bay and Washington wide receiver. The highest one was Romeo Dobbs. He finished wide receiver 17. But again, he was a zero before that fourth quarter came. And everyone else, wide receiver 47, wide receiver 50, wide receiver 63. We both did really well at wide receiver positions. Let's keep that continuing. Who's the first guy you want to talk about? Let's uh, let's let's talk about Tank Dell's teammate, Nico Collins. He's coming off a down game. You keep taking my guys, Dell. <laughs> I, all I can say is that, look, like you're disappointed in what uh, Nico Collins didn't do in week three, right? He had three targets, two catches, 34 yards, but you have to look at the situation. They were winning the game, uh, especially in the second half. They were winning big against Jacksonville. They didn't need to throw as much, which is why Shroud's numbers went down. His passing attempt volume overall. Look, it could have easily been Nico Collins to do what Tank Dell did last week however these things can flip in a heartbeat from week to week in fantasy so nico collins he's their alpha receiver maybe it's more of a 1a 1b however Mm. i think i think the uh the industry right now is a little bit low on him they've got him at wide receiver 28 i'm five spots ahead at wide receiver 23 i've got him right around the same range as the aforementioned cooper mike evans tyler lockett i think nico collins deserves to be in that range, as does Tank Dell, but I am higher on consensus than Nico. I think he has a bounce. Look at the two receivers for, again, Las Vegas last week. Look at Devontae Adams and Jacoby. Massive amount of target share for both. But I, I think we can see a very similar performance compared right to what Las Vegas does, what Houston's going to do this week. I'm right there with you, man. I am absolutely right there with you, man. I had Nico Collins written down. I'm so mad you took him because that's another one I had marked down. That was my favorite. I'll go to my second guy, and this is a bigger name, but this is this is me thinking you have this guy on your roster, and because of the injuries that have happened to his team, you're wondering, well, should I start the backup? Maybe I got like, you know, I don't know, 
name a random wide receiver that you think might do better. Maybe I got Terry McLaurin on my bench. Maybe Terry has a better week than this guy. I disagree. I know it's Jameis Winston. I really like Chris Olave this week. The matchup is there for him, and I just watching him personally against my uh, uh, Green Bay team, it was terrifying to watch that man work. He made so many circus catches on balls thrown by Derek Carr and Jameis Winston that were not necessarily in his catch radius, and he made the play happen. And there were more plays where he's running wide open, and they just don't see him and don't get it to him. He is uncoverable, and I am all aboard the Chris Olave train still. I say stay with him. And play him because Tampa Bay, who keeps losing defensive backs, who keeps losing defensive backs to injury every week, they have had a wide receiver get over 100 yards against them. I think Chris Olave continues that. It's a must start for me. Don't worry about it one bit. Dell, your second wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to another rookie. We talked about a lot of rookies. They were the focus of my fantasy fallout column for waivers this week. I, I really like that game again with the Vikings and the Panthers. I really like Jordan Addison a lot. Uh, this week. I mean, this guy's an explosive play waiting to happen. Mm. Uh, He actually had, I think he went into halftime of that game with zero targets, had eight targets in the second half as the Vikings tried to open things up and figure out a way there. Yes, the touchdown wasn't there. The long reception wasn't there as it was in in, in weeks one and two, but we did see that big playability. And I think his target share, his route rate's only going to go up. His main competition right now being KJ Osborne, but he's mm-hmm. out, out targeting KJ Osborne, even though he's playing a significant less amount of routes per game than Osborne is. So again, I, I think this matchup is is prime for the taking here overall. The Panthers, they have a decent pass rush, but if anything, they have some defensive backs that might try to focus all their attention on Justin Jefferson, where I think Jordan Addison is due for that big breakout play. So I think you look at the game environment, you look at the, the fact the Vikings are top two in the league in neutral pass rate. And that's only going to lead to eventual double-digit target games for Jordan Addison. I want to get ahead of it while I can. I want to bet on the ceiling and the upside. I've got him as wide receiver 29, seven spots ahead right now in consensus. I like that. I like that, too, because I have Addison in a couple of my leagues, and I'm waiting for him to be a consistent player. I will definitely play him this week. And my theme, uh, I think going forward and this week especially, I've given you a guy that I'm buying, and I'm giving you a guy that I'm selling. And this is the same situation with the wide receiver position. And this one hurts, hurts me to my core, man. It's Zay Flowers of the Baltimore Ravens. I love Zay Flowers. I love Zay Flowers. I would name my first child Zay because that's how much he's done for me. I am so pumped for this man, but this matchup against Cleveland is no good. Cleveland, I am sorry to report, they might be the best defense in the entire league, at least passing-wise. They shut people down in the passing game. And this is a passing game by Baltimore that hasn't necessarily gotten it going the first three weeks of the season. But Cleveland himself, we're talking guys like Jamar Chase, like George Pickens, like DeAndre Hopkins, some big names out there. Yeah. Only one receiver has hit over, uh, what's the number? Only one receiver has hit over 48 yards, and that was George Pickens. But you remember, Pickens had one play that went 80 yards. It was a slant pass that turned into a touchdown. Take that away, he had an awful day. No receiver has has more than five receptions against them. This Cleveland team shuts you down in the passing game and doesn't give you time to throw the ball. Baltimore is dealing with injuries along the offensive line and now has to play Miles freaking Garrett, who might be the defensive player of the year this early into the season. I love Zay Flowers. I don't think he's going to have a good uh, good day. I'm selling him and I'm not starting him. I'm sorry. Tell him I'm sorry. Write to him and tell him I'm sorry. Dell. Do you have another bust of the week? Because I think I read it wrong the last time. Do you have another bust of the week for the wide receiver position? Are you out on a dude myself? Well, I, I, I've got, I've definitely got to sell uh, kind of in the, in that starter range overall, but I mean, we, we don't have to go too crazy on it. I, I think that 
when you're looking at the board overall. Garrett Wilson's a guy I'm just not starting unless Zach Wilson's so uh, sad. While Zach Wilson is a quarterback, excuse well, me. Well, hey, they got Trevor Simeon though, so they, you know there's hope. I mean, it probably would be a lot better than what Zach Wilson's putting out there right now. So I I don't want to go too quick on it, but I see the industry again is 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 higher than they should be. They've got Garrett Wilson as wide receiver 29. I've got him at wide receiver 44 which is in a, a range of solid options. Terry McLaurin, Elijah Moore, Marquise Brown, Michael Thomas, Gabe Davis. I feel more comfortable starting most of these guys over Garrett Wilson, despite the talent being there. So I said him last week, I'm going to say, I'm going to keep saying it as long as the industry doesn't continue to rank him as high as they are right now. Got you. Got you. All right, let's move on to the tight end position because this is a position that Del, me and you have used, did really well the past, the first two weeks. Last week, I did really well again. I gave out Pat Fryermuth, and that man was all over the place. He ended up as TE8. Dell, you gave out Taysom Hill. Landed <laughs> as the tight end 33. Not even a top 32 tight end. Tight end 33. So, Dell, we got some room to move. I'm going to let you go first because I have two names, and I'm only going to give out one. I got two names that I could pick, so you can't take both of them. Who's the first guy you want to give out? Yeah, it's it's uh, that, that was a tough one right there. He didn't really have a great game, Taysom, but uh, – Man, you know what? This, this is the thing. Is because I'm, I'm I don't want to pick guys that I that I'm ranked exactly in the same spot as the industry. Yep. So that, yep. that's, we're trying that's to give you guys that are that are like yeah, yeah, we're trying to give you guys that are gonna either surprise or be mid rank that we think are gonna be top rank. So we are taking shots here. Yeah. So, oh man, this one. I'm gonna go with a guy. I, I'm bullish on him this week. Uh, I like oh, man. It's. Uh, it's tough. It's a tough week for tight ends. Yeah, Big, I've, I've got a list ends. of guys that I wrote down, and I, and I realized the rankings changed since we started doing this. But overall, you know, I, I think that one guy that I'm a little higher on is going to be Gerald Everett this week. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't excite me to say it, uh, <laughs> but, you know, he, he hasn't done anything this, this year yet, right? He's had you know, 47 yards in week two. He had six catches in week three. But I'm I'm uh, I'm – encouraged by the six targets for six catches in week three um you know obviously mike williams is gone they need explosiveness uh in that offense to continue playing as well as they have so far and the thing i like about this is that the raiders have actually been the best matchup in the nfl right now against opposing tight ends you look at the fact that they're averaging 4.2 more fantasy points per game at the tight end position that's like a 47 percent increase right now overall so no matter how you look at it they are giving up big games to the tight end position we saw just last week last week pat fryermuth found the end zone and yes i know donald parham is going to run routes but it's terrible dude two catches two touchdowns and six yards i'm sorry but i'm starting a guy that's getting six catches for six yards and and just hoping i get the touchdown luck so i think that i I like everett as an athlete as a player i know you like him too i think this this is a week here where i think he can really have a good matchup and take advantage of it I like that, and I uh, I am I am nothing but consistent, my man. I think I'm going to take this guy for the next few weeks because of the matchups that he's having. It's Pat Fryermuth once again. I don't care what the rankings say. You're starting him. If you did not start him last week, you might have started someone else because, again, Darren Waller or Pat Frymuth was a conversation a week ago. You're starting Pat Frymuth this week. Uh, the team he's playing, Houston Texans, it's going to be, in my opinion, one of the higher-scoring games. Houston defense, though, is playing better and better except in the middle of the field covering tight ends. Last two uh, two weeks ago, they played Indy, which, again, has a cavalcade of tight ends. You put their numbers together with six catches for 80 yards. Last week, they played Evan Ingram in Jacksonville, seven catches for 67 yards for Evan Ingram. I just think the opportunity is there for Pat Frymuth. He got invested in the offense last week. It's going to get moving again. Big fan of Frymuth. I'm doubling down, taking him two weeks in a row against Houston. Uh, Dell. 
Uh, let me let me pull. Hold on. I have well, to I say, Pat, Tony, I, I thought I was high on Kyle Pitts this week, but it turns out I'm still five spots lower, even though I think I'm high. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to mention him there. You hate Kyle Pitts. Dell, you're moving up in the world when it comes to defense. You started off week one, oh, you gave yeah. out the 32nd defense in the league, moved up to the mid-20s. Last week, it was TEA, a defense 18, those Tennessee Titans. Who is the Dell defense of the week? And I know we got two coming, but who's the first one? Who's this week? Who's going to finish high this week? I mean, it's going to be the team that just gave up 70 points in week in week three, Tony. It's going to be the Denver That's Broncos. good news to me. It's going to be the Denver Broncos. Look, I, I, I am technically – I'm higher on the Chargers, way ahead of them in consensus against the Raiders. But I'm going to go with Denver. I stashed mm. them on a couple benches last week. Mm. Uh, and, and this is why is, – is this is a streaming game, right? Like, yes, they yep. played the, – the Dolphins might have the best offense in the league right now. They're playing against the Bears. And, yep. you know, we know what the Bears' offense looks like right now. The, the Broncos still do have some playmakers on the defensive side, even though they didn't show up in week three. And they play against Zach Wilson and the Jets in week five. So you could potentially get these guys for two straight weeks back-to-back to start. Mm-hmm. So I'm streaming Denver. If, if they don't show up against the Broncos, then I won't – I mean, against the Bears, then I won't then start them against the done. Jets. Yeah, but it's done. Zach Wilson might be a Hall of Famer if, after the Broncos if game. you've got a defense to, to, to start against the Chicago Bears right now, you almost have to do it unless you have one of yeah. those top five options. I was going to ask before you move on to another defense, because I know you got a defense that you want people to grab now because of the week five matchup and beat the waiver wire. But I I do want to ask, we did not talk about the Denver Chicago game at all. And I do believe there are potential there for some of these players that you just haven't played yet. You just are are sitting the DJ Moore's of the world, the Justin Fields of the world. But as we've seen, both of these defenses stink. Do you think this is going to be a high scoring game? Do you think there's some fantasy aspects there? Do you think both of these offenses are so messed up that it's still going to be a low scoring game? I don't know what to do. I didn't pick any of these players, but just touch on it real quick before we leave the show. Yeah, I mean, you have to bump up the skilled players. Uh, will will they be efficient enough to actually score touchdowns? I, I wouldn't bet the over in this game. I'll tell you that much. But Like, I mean, uh, like uh, the Raheem Mostert and Devin Achan just had eight touchdowns running the ball in a million yards. And if you have Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson, are you starting one of them? Well, actually, I'd rather start Javante Williams because – you know, you know he's going to get the work, and I, I don't know who the Bears are going to. The thing is that that Herbert and Roshan have to compete with Justin Fields for carries too. So yeah. when you look at the Broncos side of things, I, I'm much more bullish on Javante. He was he almost made my list for guys we were going to mention earlier on the running back segment. But uh, I mean, Cortland Sutton was a target hog last week. I'm not a big fan of Sutton, but he's getting the volume, the matchups yeah. there. I, I I am I would have to put my chips in on the Broncos offense as opposed to the Bears because at least. In these blowouts, the Broncos are scoring touchdowns and putting up some type of points. Right, right. Okay, let's move on to a defense I know you want to talk about because you want people to beat the waiver wire here. Yeah, I mean – This is the stash of the week if we're calling it that. If if the Bengals are still there, I'd take them because they look really good against the Rams. They have Tennessee, you know, very weak offensive line. They play at Arizona next week. However, the team – I've seen this team spike dropped in quite a few leagues over the last week. The Washington Commanders – Mm. Yes, this week you don't want to play them against that Philly uh, Philly Eagles offense. However, home game against said Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears in week oh, yeah. five. Put the Commanders at the end of your bench. Sit there and wait for them. They might be the number one defense overall in week five. And let's end the show on another edition of uh, Kicker, Kicker, Chicken Dinner. No, I messed it up again. Whatever it is. We'll pick winner, your kicker winner, of the week. Dinner, winner, 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 kicker dinner. What's the kicker of the week, Mr. Dell? Last week, you did not do too well. The first two weeks, you did. So we'll throw away last week. Who is it for this week? Yeah, I actually bumped down to number three uh, on the on the kicker <laughs> rankings in the industry right now. So I, I, I got to get back up there, Tony. I got 
got to get back up there. And, uh, you know, this is a theme that you're going to see throughout the times we're talking about this stuff. Uh, I, one guy I love, I have him ranked number three, industry has him ranked number four, Cameron Dicker. However, my main one that I want to talk about here, sleeper type of kicker is going to be Eddie Pinheiro. Oh, yeah. Panthers at home against the Vikings here. Now, look, I will say, if if Bryce Young starts, then use Cameron Dicker as my official kicker pick of the week. However, if we do get Andy Dalton playing in that offense at home against Minnesota, then I will say Eddie Pinheiro. I've got him as my kicker 13 overall. He's ranked as the kicker 25 in the industry. So those are two guys I really like a lot. Okay, and that is it for the Fantasy Favorites podcast brought to you by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And if you want to read some of these articles, Dell really deep dives deep dives in some of these articles including the fantasy fallout article that comes out what is that tuesday wednesday you sort of recap the week that was and tell people how to attack uh waiver wire so yeah that's a tuesday morning article the fantasy fallout article go read those if you want even more insight into Dell's mysterious mind when he talks about fantasy football because it is a good one folks i know i poke fun at him there's a reason i'm doing this show with him because i trust his gut on fantasy and that's why i haven't invited him to my fantasy league because i don't want to invite a wolf into the hen house here he is the Prince of Player Props himself, the sports editor of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. My name is Tony Squares. Thank you to PG Sports. Now go like, subscribe, help us out, and we will see you in week five. Let's do it. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.